Don't ask me, how are the kids? I never have any idea. I know they eat and get dressed and go to school, but as to what is going on in their lives and in their heads, forget it. It is the secret world, the world that every child has that no parent gets to see. My wife, Anne, and I are active parents. We try to meet all of our kids' friends and their parents and ask questions and look under the bed and check in the closets, tap their phones, but we still don't know the various deals with Satan they may make when they leave the house. We're not unique. Every parent is in the dark. When I was five, I had an invisible monster that lived alternately in my closet and under my bed in a kind of winter-home-summer-home arrangement. His name was I, the Monster. That's I-E-Y-E as an eyeball, because I thought eyeballs were scary, not I, the Freudian eye, as in this child needs a psychiatrist. I would come out of hiding when I was alone, and we would talk. I had an up-and-down relationship with I. I often appreciated his middle-of-the-night visits. We would talk about school and about girls I had crushes on. You would think I, the monster, didn't care about the opposite sex, but he did. He always argued for patience and honesty. He urged me to be more aggressive with the ladies on square dance day. It was hard advice to take. I was never a player. I thought five years of age was too young to be married, but not I. He thought I could be a trailblazer and be married and have children before I was in the fourth grade, and this was years before MTV. Besides being a confidant and an advisor, I had another side. He could be angry. There was a period when his opening my closet door and coming into my room at midnight terrified me. I snuck a steak knife from the kitchen and kept it under my pillow as a last line of defense. I hid the knife in the morning so Mom would never see it when she made my bed. Love, terror, and steak knives were all part of my secret world. Eventually, my parents became aware of I the Monster. On a car trip to San Antonio, I came out from under the back seat. He told my dad, who was driving, that we had to go back home. Davy Crockett was at the Alamo and we could get killed by Mexicans. Dad didn't listen. I started crying. I, the monster, started screaming at Dad. Dad was not pleased. He had to work hard to get a few days off to go on a family vacation. Being a pediatrician, he realized that what he wanted was a vacation from screaming, crying kids. By the time we got to Waxahachie, Dad turned the car around. We came home. The big secret my parents never knew, that I was also a member of a club across the alley of Billy Hart's house. I would kiss Mom on the cheek and go out and play. In reality... I ran down to Billy's for a meeting of the Dangerous Animals Club. Billy already had a clubhouse in his backyard, so it was only natural he should be the president. He was also older than I was. He was almost seven, and I was content to put myself in his capable hands. The purpose of the Dangerous Animals Club was straightforward. Both Billy and I were big fans of dangerous creatures. We made a list of all the dangerous creatures we wanted to catch, being in Texas, there were a lot of them. The list included rattlesnakes, copperheads, water moccasins, black widows, scorpions, tarantulas, centipedes, leeches, and the deadly coral snake, which we were hoping lived in the woods nearby. We went out into the fields and hills and creeks, carrying jelly jars and burlap sacks. 
We used broken broomsticks and umbrellas as tools of capture or weapons, if necessary. We would lift rocks and roll over rotten trees hoping to find something horrible, catching it alive and bringing it back to the clubhouse, effectively making Billy's backyard the most dangerous place in Texas. Charlie Harp, another neighborhood boy, a little younger than I, became aware of the Dangerous Animals Club. He heard our mission statement, he saw the clubhouse, he wanted in. Billy and I refused at first. What good is a secret club if everybody is a member? Charlie ran home and came back with a brown paper bag. Inside was a genuine rattlesnake skull. He said we could display it in the clubhouse if he could be a member. He was in. And now we were three. So I kissed Mom goodbye and told her I was going out to play. I ran over to Billy's where we met and swore that if we told anyone about the club, we would be put to death. We had a disagreement as to whether it should be a blood pact. Charlie Harp argued that it had to be a blood pact if punished.